Hello, curiosity seekers and adventurous thinkers. Welcome to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio, the podcast for the relentlessly curious. This season, our host and Applied Curiosity Lab's chief curiosity seeker, Becky Saltzman, will be sharing the studio with ACL's chief experience producer and favorite sister, Jennifer Felberg. The lens is, and always will be, curiosity. Each week, fun informal conversations center around one delectable curiosity bite, designed to give your brain the time and ideas to think about thinking, to flex your curiosity muscle, and maybe even revolutionize the way you think. Dane was showing me this really cool YouTube channel that he enjoys. It's called Street Beefs. And the premise is that there are people that are fighting in their neighborhood and they would normally resort to guns or knives or violence. And they come together. This guy brings them together and they can fight physically as MMA fighters or boxers. And it's this whole neighborhood thing. And it's a really cool YouTube channel. And there was a whole thing done by the New York Times, a whole documentary. There was this one guy who I just loved his voice, but he had this verbal tick that was so prevalent that almost every other word he would say, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mid-sentence. And I was thinking about that yesterday. Then he shows me South Park with Mr. Mackey. Don't do drugs, okay? Don't do drugs, okay? So there was this, okay, and you know what I'm saying. And I was thinking about that, and I was playing with that with Dane and talking and throwing those in. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you know what I'm saying? And then last night when we were out, some of those things slipped into my conversation <laughs> when we were with Fred and Aaron. And I was thinking, oh, my God, how am I doing this? We were with these other people, and the guy kept saying, Blah, 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 right? Blah, 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 right? <laughs> and when we got home, I noticed Stephen was saying, blah, 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 right? Blah, blah, blah. And I was saying, okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> and I thought, how does this Did happen? you ever actually say any words? I did not. Well, probably I said my favorite verbal tick, which I will not confess yet. But it reminded me when Madge, that we, formerly known as Madonna, <laughs> moved to England. And remember when she, after being married to that guy, what's that guy, guy, whatever, for a period yeah, of time. Yeah, his name was Guy. Yeah. <laughs> and she came back and she had that English accent oh. and everyone was making fun of her. Yeah. Well, was, All of a sudden. Okay. Well, okay you know, know what I'm saying? saying? Right. I, started <laughs> I started having those verbal tics. And that leads me to the curiosity bite which becomes so obvious as I'm editing our podcasts, but I could answer this for you and for me. <laughs> What's your favorite filler word? You can guess my my most, my go-to filler word, but not necessarily my favorite filler oh, word. Oh, good point. So your go-to filler word it is? Is, you know. You know. You know. And sometimes it's it becomes part of the word before and after my filler word. But I don't know what my favorite filler word is. My favorite filler word, I could only measure by the amount of time I use it, which is so. Yeah. And that's becoming very, very prevalent. So blah, 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 blah. So blah, 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 blah. And I notice it particularly, it's easy to hear in your filler words when you're editing because you're seeing the wave files and when you start to recognize a familiar wave file, you know, the visual representation mm -hmm. of the word, and you can literally, basically, okay, 
<laughs> so you could sort see, of, sort of, you can see your filler word represent, represented in a wave file before you even hear it. That's kind of fun. You know that it needs to be excised out of your language. I can imagine it would look the same every time. <laughs> it does. Unless I say so and I blend it into another word, which means it can't be edited out. And, you know, we don't do that much editing of the podcast. But if some little swear word slips in or if never or since we're edit, since we're recording in the city, there's some kind of noisy dog barking. I try to get that out of there. And once in a while, I realize there are so many so's and so many, you knows yeah. that I have to edit them out. Yeah. But what's your favorite? Girl! No, I don't know. I really don't know. You got to pick one. My you... kids at Speech and Debate, theirs is literally, literally everything they say has literally, which yeah. I think is a kind of a new one. Does the judging involve ranking down speakers if they use too many filler words or does that not even come up? It, it's not on the ballot, but I do believe it affects their, their score. It certainly does when I'm judging. Really? Yeah, it's funny. One of my captains was up there just umming his way through a presentation and I just got on his case. <laughs> you would not believe it. It's hard to hear. In linguistics, a filler, filled pause, hesitation marker or planner, and they call it a planner. because What's a planner? A planner means, I think, so is a planner. It gives you pause to plan for or prepare for what's to follow. Hmm. But that is a sound or word that's spoken in conversation to signal to others a pause, to think without giving impression of having finished. And you had mentioned when we were first talking about filler words with your speech and debate, you had mentioned the upspeak oh! as a relative. A, a that's what I was going to ask you. A kissing cousin to filler words. And yeah, I was totally going to ask you that if, if that was a part of, of a filler. Yeah. I think up, up speak would be more related to things like right because right is at the end of a sentence. Mm -hmm. So you might, whereas, whereas so is at the beginning of a sentence that prepares you for what's to come. And up speak and give an example of upspeak. Did you know that we were doing this podcast today? And I saw that there was, tr and this is the truth, last night we were in here recording some other things in our studio, and we looked outside, and literally outside of the window was no, no, a skunk. Outside of the window? Outside of the window was a skunk. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it! Actually, what? outside of the window was a skunk. And Dane said- A real skunk? Yes, right out here. And Dane says, don't go out there, don't go out there. And I didn't have my glasses on. Oh, no. <laughs> so everything was blurry. But you could see, not only was there a skunk, but because this the door has a glass glass in it, it had its tail up, up like it was going to spray <laughs> some crap at us. Did he say, oh, mon chéri? I said, Pepe le pew. Yes. <laughs> I think upspeak is more prevalent because people are- talking over people and we're moving at such a fast pace that it allows people to know I'm not done yet. I'm still talking. Don't jump on what I'm saying. Until Drives I, me crazy. Until I tell you what I'm going to say and be done with it. I was listening to Morning Joe this morning and Mika was up speaking right and left. I was screaming at her. Does Morning stop. Joe up speak? Joe himself? Yeah. Joe Scarborough? I don't think he does. I no? Think it's just his wife. <laughs> I wonder if, if it's a gender thing. Well, women do it more, but evidently, according to the research from prestigious universities <laughs> throughout the country and the world, men are increasingly enjoying upspeak. The filler words do have some gender differences. For example, there are filled pauses like um and uh, and then there are discourse markers like 
I mean, you know, like. And overall, Phil Pauser's were used at comparable rates across all ages and genders. Mm. However, discourse markers, I mean, you know, like, were more common among what gender? Not that you see gender, but what gender? Oh, yeah, I don't see gender. Females. Women, younger participants, and more conscientious people. Yay, more conscientious. Yay. Let's say that instead of self-conscious. Right, and these suggest that filler words can be considered a potential social or personality marker. What, you know, some of the most popular ones? What? Yes, I don't know. Give me Uh, some. uh, Filler words? Uh, Yes, that would be true. So. Yes, that would be true. Sort of. Like. Like. Like, 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 like. One of the ones that is most commonly associated with dishonesty, ironically enough, trust me. Oh, yes. Trust me is highly correlated with lying. I don't hear a lot of people say trust me, so I must have very honest people in my life. Uh, Thank you very much. Kind of. Sort of. <laughs> Let's not uh, get into that one, if you know what I'm saying. I know what you you're saying. You're saying. Okay. But I do think that there's another one that you and I use a lot, both of us, a lot. I think. Oh. And I will use I think to explain why I think we do use I think. (laughs) And it's a way to signify that we're not making a declarative statement. We're just stating an opinion. Well, we don't want to be stepping beyond our reach, maybe. And we're protecting ourselves from pretending like. Yeah. Yeah. Versus I feel which we do sometimes. But we I noticed because now that I'm paying attention to these filler words, I'm able to count and I think we see, I think, significantly more than I feel. How I, many times? How many times? I guess. I mean, basically, literally, right? Anyway. Or as. Whatever. Maybe. Anyways. Anyways. Who says anyways? Shane Dawson. Who's that? He's got that YouTube. Very famous YouTube guy. Very funny. Very cute. What's his But shtick? he always says, anyways. In olden times, pointer. there were pointer phrases. Do you know what those might be? Pointer phrases would be step right up, <laughs> right this way. I don't kind know. Kind of. What? Would you believe? Uh, or are you ready? Are you ready for what I'm about to tell you? Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you ready? No. And rib nudging phrases. And that's. Oh, to- like, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. To make a point and focus the listener's attention on what's to follow. Now, what you know what I'm saying is to focus attention on what. You said in the past, but are you ready or so prepares you to listen to what's to follow? So there are very different, as I just said. So. You just sparked my favorite one. Which one? Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. Are you going to start saying that? Are you going to start saying that one? Yeah, see? Why do some people fill the air with non-words and sounds? For some, a sign of nervousness. They fear silence and experience speaker anxiety. There was a study out of Columbia University that suggested another reason. You know what it could be? What? The researchers suggested that speakers use pauses because they couldn't figure out exactly what they were going to say to follow. And they did this study where they looked at lecturers in biology, chemistry, and mathematics, where the subject matter uses specific definitions that limit the vocabulary opportunities. Like if you're studying or if you're speaking on society, there's much more opportunity in terms of words you could use, descriptor words, than in math, where you might Well, have. math has nothing interesting to say. So yeah, they don't need boring <laughs> statements like um and uh, because the math itself is so stupid and boring. <laughs> I that, hate math. 
That is not nice. I'm sorry. I hate math. You do? I do. It gives me angina. <laughs> would you use more filler words with math? No. Why? I, because I would never step foot into a math class. And never step foot into a math conversation. Or avoid any kind of math problem at all costs. I love when I have to ask you a math problem that Ugh. right before the podcast you can answer with fluidity and then I ask you on on microphone and you just look at me with this mean look like, <laughs> shut up, okay, don't ask me. Edit that part out. That's nice for you to say because I don't believe that I ever give you the right answer. If you, if I'm, if I pose a math question to you that isn't in the form of a math question but requires the same amount of calculation, you do it. But once it's formed as a math problem, you don't do it. Interesting. Anyway, guess what happens with the scientists or the lecturers in the biology, chemistry, whatever. The number of filler words that teachers in English, art, history, and philosophy used was 4.85 us a minute. <laughs> and the ones with the biology mathematic lectures, 1.39 us per minute. Wait, is that the same thing? Us. Versus... Uh, <laughs> you're getting into the different countries and oh. how they because we say uh, but don't ask me well, that the bring... conclusion is that subject matter and breadth of vocabulary may determine the use of filler words also your filler words can be a sign of lying mine yes you know yes but i'm not lying i promise trust me trust <laughs> no, me you know i'm not lying you want me to tell you how the different words can be signs of lying yes. so that you can pick them out Ooh, in a sentence? yes 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 bear in mind first you have to have a baseline of the person that you're talking with to understand how they use filler words with regular non-confrontational non-opportunities for lying so you have to basically be a person that doesn't lie sometimes right which is most people. Most people don't lie in everything they say. But words such as um and uh indicate cognitive load. So liars experience cognitive load. Now, experienced liars probably don't experience cognitive load like inexperienced liars because they're trying to, what do I do? What do I do? What do I say to get out of this? The tag words such as you know, I mean, and right are used to seek confirmation, convey information, or convince listeners. Does this listener understand what I'm saying? Truthful people convey information and seek confirmation from listeners, but liars tend to try to convince others that what they're saying is true, which is why, trust me, is such a commonly used word associated with lying. What, about, the, what about like? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, why would, why do we use the word like? I guess to... No, I'm saying about lying. Why would, oh, lying. How, how would like be a tell in lying when it indicates that what's being said is different than what the speaker actually means? I don't necessarily agree with that. Not anymore. Maybe originally that was the plan, mm -hmm. but I don't think so. And what about the word right? Right. Exactly. That seeks input from the listener. So if I'm lying to you, I might be saying something like, I'm telling you the truth, right? And then you say you're, yes. And you're hoping, yeah, you're hoping for somebody to validate what you're saying. And then if you get that validation, it, you feel like you're getting away with something. Right. I can see that. Yeah. And you go and you stay on the same path versus if I say right and you look confused, I'm like, oh, that's not working. <laughs> <laughs> reverse, reverse. And I mean expresses finality of what's being said. You might summarize what you've said by saying, I mean, all of these filler words can be used for lying. Like in conclusion, but instead we say, I mean, I don't know if that's 100% true either. I don't say I mean at the end. Like it's When do you say I mean? I never hear you I say I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's not one of my words, I guess. Yeah, so? So? I guess. You know? Is I guess? No, that's not a filler word. I guess. I mean, there are some words that 
our words and then you get paranoid about what you're saying. But there are three things that you can do to stop yourself from using filler words. Pray tell. The first one is to acknowledge. And acknowledgement comes in the form of someone telling you, which is annoying as hell. Trust me, it is annoying. <laughs> it is. And it wouldn't matter. And you have to for this. I because mean, if I have to edit out 50,000 so's from me and 60,000 you know's from you, you better distinctly say you know, and I better distinctly say so without saying so anyway, blah, 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 because you can't edit the so when you mush it to a different word. And I think awareness is good. But half the time, I am not aware that I am even saying, you know. Right. The other thing is to allow silence. And our pace, our fast pace of communication makes silence very awkward. You think about a phone conversation and you hear someone who is more comfortable with silence. It can be very itchy to someone like me who rarely allows silence. I would think, though, if you were on the phone and you heard silence, because Sonny does a lot of those conference calls, and I've seen him because he'll do it from home sometimes, and he's just quiet, 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 and then someone will come in and he'll just say what he needs to say, and then he's quiet, quiet, quiet. And there's so much dead space in these meetings that personally I think, these meetings sound boring, first of all. And second of all, are all these people mad? Because it's just so much silence in the meeting. But Sunny says most of the people are just muting. And then when they have something to say, they unmute. How long does it go where no one's saying anything in a meeting before you say, I guess we should adjourn? It seems like to me, because I'm not used to silence and most of my meetings are in person, that it's way longer than I would be comfortable with. I was thinking about the the third thing, which I mean, getting comfortable with silence, Mm -hmm. which As Dane explained to me in the editing process, it's a lot easier to edit out silence. So if you can get used to that and allow yourself time to think, the problem is we feel like while we're thinking, someone else is going to start talking, taking our space, and then we might lose our thought. Yeah. And that's why we use these filler words to say, I'm still I'm still doing this here. I still I still I still have the floor. But the last thing is a business opportunity. And I'd like to offer you to be my first customer. You? Mm-hmm. You, you? No, you are my first customer. I'm your first customer. You pay me. Oh, lovely. Okay, okay what, what is it then? You pay me to punch you every time <laughs> you say your filler word. Or maybe there's an app that shocks you. <laughs> your phone just vibrates. So? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, my God. Got my list now. Got your list? Got it. Let's hear it. This is a fun one. It's different. We're going to take a journey. (gasps) I I love journeys. (laughs) Across the world on fillers that people use in other countries. In different languages? In different languages. We're going to have our own little bilingual Apply Curiosity Lab radio today. Take a trip. Go. Hebrew is a fun one because I've watched... Don't trust the Zohan 50 million times. And this is definitely a popular filler word, which is M. It's not M. M. It's M. <laughs> it's not M. Wait, give me an M. This is like, put the hummus on the pipi horses. M. I love M, <laughs> but it's not M. Put the hummus on the pipi horses. M. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't work that way. All right. I love that one. And, and what does that mean? It's like, um, okay. obviously. Okay. Yeah. And 
it's very common with the younger generation. It's not as much. That's not used as much with the older folks. But I feel like I've remember hearing a lot in Israel. You see. What I find really interesting is you would think that with filler words that it would be verbal. It's not something that you need to fill in when you're typing or. Right. But actually, the American Sign Language has filler words. No way. It does. You want to hear the first one? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I think that means. Okay. Okay. No, actually, it means um. It's signed with an open eight held at your chin, palm in. But the main thing to be able to hear it is that your eyebrows have to go down. That's why I didn't understand when you first said it. Eyebrows down. Do yeah, it again. I Let did. me see okay, if I understand. Ready? Wait, wait, wait. I'm putting my eyebrows down. Um, I got it. I totally, <laughs> totally got heard it. that. Yeah. That's so funny that in a non-verbal language, there would be a filler word. I mean, why would you bother? In Arabic, they have one that's ya, ni, or voila. That's French. Voila. No. What is ya? What does ya, ni mean? Ya, ni means means. Ya, ni. Yeah. And voila. Voila. Is by God. Voila. It's there. Yes. Voila. I, I like Yanni and voila. I like voila. And then there's Iraqi Arabic, which is shisma. Shisma? That doesn't sound like something so easy to say. Shisma. 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 What's its name is the word. Oh, so you wouldn't say shisma. You'd say shisma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shisma. Like that. Shisma sort of fact. Shisma. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Shisma might be my favorite. We're going to pick because at the end of this, at the end of this, and I think people should be prepared because you need to be prepared. I haven't told you this. You have to pick one filler word that you're going to use for the rest of your life. And it's the only one you can use. Well, shisma, obviously. shisma. <laughs> oh, there's some. There's a lot more fun doozies. Ones. Okay, yeah, let's there's hear some em. doozies. I want to be. I want to get bilingual today. Okay, so in Czech, they actually instead of calling it filler words, they have different words that describe what what it is. One is, uh, it's called slovenivata. Wait, slovenivata? Yeah. What is slovenivata? It means word cotton or padding. Oh, word padding. I like that word cotton. Slovini vata. Slovini vata. And then there's para... Oh, hold on. I need to make the font bigger. Parasitikivarazi. <laughs> that sounds like parasite. Exactly. It means parasitic expressions. Well, that makes sense because these are expressions that feed off of other expressions, either amplifying them or taking away from them. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, those are good Ooh, ones. How do you say C- that again? How do you say parasitic? Oh, you <laughs> just, just, just kidding. Oh God. Tell me what they are. Parasikivarazi. They have silly or tak or tatske. 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 That's a fun one to say. Or prost, which means simply. I thought that was like drink beer. So did I, but German. it actually, in, it be, but it's not German. I think it's Czech. That's oh. very different. But what's what's the what what's that last one before Prost? Prost, which Prost, is uh, uh, Tatske. Tatske. That's like Tatske, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it what does it mean? So. It means so. Yeah, but oh, I, that should I, be mine then. So tell me again. No, Wait. no, no, no. What? I know what you're because oh, you... it's way more fun to say. Zo. No, I don't like that one. Zo. I like Tatske. Zo is Danish. Zo. Tatske. I really want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Tatske. It's not Tatske. Pronounce it for me because I'm gonna. Tot- Tatske. 
Tatsuka, I really want to start using that Tatsuka. Okay, there is not, you're never going to hear anything but Satsuka. <laughs> it's not Satsuka. You're going to start saying Sitsuka. <laughs> All right. What are some others? Okay. I bet you I know your favorite one. Which I be, one? I mean, just oh, yeah, guessing. Wait, wait, okay, wait, yeah. So I do have a favorite. I do have a favorite. I bet you I can tell you what language it is. Okay, guess. Tagalog yes, or whatever. Filipino. Filipino. You, all, you have a prejudice for all things Filipino. I love them. I love everything Filipino. But this, you'll, have to, you'll understand why. Their filler word or their word cotton word is lamoyate, which sounds sort of Chinese to me. <laughs> the way you're saying it. Lamoyate. It sounds Italian the way you're saying it. Lamoyate. No, it's <laughs> Filipino. Say it with a Filipino accent, though. <laughs> well, I don't know why the Filipinos have high voices, but here we go. La moyate. It oh. means, you know, sister. No it, way. Yeah, sister. You know, sister. Yamo latte. And it kind of has a coffee connotation. So that might be La- your favorite. <laughs> uh. Mine is chachka. <laughs> and yours is lama, lama, lama yate. I have no memory for this. God, no wonder I can't learn a second language at my ripe age. <laughs> What else? Finnish. There's Finnish. Ninku. <laughs> that does not sound Finnish. It is. Kwa ninku. Ki sir pi ninku. What's that mean? Don't you remember Kwaki sir pi pi ku? Kwaki sir pi 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 niku? That, oh my God, that Chris Farley <laughs> SNL skit where he goes on the Japanese talk show and they're asking him. You haven't. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm totally putting that in the show notes. Okay. Kwa. <laughs> Ki sir pi piku. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. It's not kwaki sir pi piku. It's kwa ki sir pi niku. Oh, skunked again. All right. What does that mean, though? I don't know. I never saw the show. <laughs> no, what is the word? Oh, ninku means like or tuata and ooh. Are the most common fillers. What is ooh, but what is twatka and twatka? <laughs> what is twatka? We are not supposed to swear on this podcast. Uh, twatka and ooh mean. I don't know. Really, <laughs> it's just filler words. They're just filler words. Yeah, but Tw- I just like to say twata. I like to just call not you a twatka. twatka. <laughs> All right, and that well, well, just to finish that up, it, most people in Finland don't use filler words like that. They use swear words. Like what? Well, there's one called vitu, which is a word for the female genitalia. Vitu. Vitu, which I know between the two of us, we have a word that is also part of the female genitalia that we like to say, but we won't say that. So instead, we'll say twatka. Oh, I thought we were. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, me I thought, too. I thought you were. Tw- I thought you were queuing me up for the obvious. <laughs> Twatka is not even a word. No, I thought it was. God, you ruined my list. There are some words, however, filler words in email where it's suggested that they de-emphasize the validity of your email. You want to know what they I are? I can't believe there are filler words with email. What is that like emojis or something? No, I mean I don't. I wonder if emojis fill that. I kind of think emojis do a different thing in email or in written communication or online communication, which is to set the tone. For example, if you say, I can't come to your party tonight, and I make a big smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, I can't come! Versus, I can't come to your party tonight, and it's 
like this frustration face or I can't come to the party tonight with a sad face or I can't come to the party tonight with that cartwheel. My favorite emoji is that cartwheel. I know you are. That and an eggplant. (laughs) (laughs) You're not supposed to swear on this show. Is that a swear word? No, it just means penis. It does? Yes. You didn't know eggplant meant penis. Can you guess what peach means? (laughs) You did not know eggplant. A peach is a butt or what? Is it a vajayjay? It's a vajayjay. No. Yes, it is. God, sometimes, you know, I feel like. Eggplant is a penis. I did not know that. Oh my God. And you know know that. put an eggplant. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know why you did that. I'd only, now that you look back on my emails or Texas, Texas, (laughs) you'll know that that is not always on there. It's only within the context of what I'm saying. Oh my God. The email fillers that you want to avoid if you want to seem more professional and more purposeful are just, probably, so, really, think, whatever, (laughs) maybe, and sorry. Sorry, I really can't respond to you more quickly today because I have to wash my hair. Those are words. (laughs) And I will say this. I often send an email where I have these filler words and I try to extract them wherever possible. Really is one that I... Very. Most very. Of, I try to go back and take out my reallys and my varies. Yes. And try to eliminate your reallys and their varies, but then sometimes you want to emphasize, for example, I'm sorry I can't come to your party. I'm very sorry I can't come to your party may have a different meaning yeah. to the recipient of that. So what I... So... What, nah. Twatka. Uh, <laughs> twatka. When I that's not a word. <laughs> Are you ready for the sort of fact? Wait, I think you were in the middle of a sentence. Oh, was I? Yes. Okay. When you so when you're I, I just <laughs> twatka. That was the only one that we can remember. When you are putting in a, a, I'm very sorry that I can't come to your party versus <laughs> twatka. I just can't come to your party. That really shows. It does. That sh- twatka shows a difference. <laughs> twatka cannot be your filler. It replaces so. You're going to have to pick a word that replaces, I'm you know. I'm twatka. It's my freaking list. No, you pick Ooh. a Filipino word. No, I just found a, a Dutch word that's wheat G. I'm taking that one. <laughs> wheat G. Wheat G. <laughs> so when you wheat G in your email, it helps to it helps to soften the blow. It does. These filler words do have a purpose. The problem is when they become a crutch. And what I'm trying to do more than ever, as a very fast speaker, I'm trying to slow down and allow pauses to be comfortable. And it reminds me of the old proverb that was taught to be by Saul in a negotiation lesson, which is... When in negotiations, it is best to breathe Breathe through through your your nose. nose. And when you do breathe through your nose. Except for me right now. (laughs) Except for you, who is going to have to breathe through your mouth because your nose doesn't work. Although someday soon it will. You end up shutting up. And the pauses in negotiation, either in person or on the phone, are tremendous. So I think after your sort of. Tremendous. It's tremendous. Tremendous. Hey, so after your sort of fact, I know you're. I know. Oh, yes, Twatka. Twatka, my sort of, your fact. sort of fact. Let's practice some silence. Let's do that. Now, have you made a commitment? Have you? Do you remember your filler? Because you can't take Twatka. Witchy! Witchy. Witchy. So for those of... 
Twatka, for those of you <laughs> who listen to this podcast after this episode, if you hear Twatka and Weegee, only wheat you G. will- Weegee. Wheat. I think you should just say wheat G. That is what it is. Oh. Wheat G. It's kind of like wheat gossip about wheat. Oh. <laughs> wheat G. <laughs> then you will know why we're saying this. The sort of fact, however, this sort of fact comes from Italian prestigious university. Molto bene. Molto bene. And this sort of fact suggests that allore, which means well then, <laughs> is used after sex 87% more often than anchovy. Allora, twatko. Wait, twatko. Twatko. <laughs> twatko. <laughs> That's my new company. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Before you take off, I have a few more things to let you know about. One, you can find show notes for every episode of ACLR and links to all resources mentioned at applycuriositylab.com forward slash blog. It's there that we'll wait to read your answers to each week's Curiosity Bite. Two, in order to avoid missing curiosity-bitten conversations, subscribe to Apply Curiosity Lab Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and all the other spots that podcasts hang out and wait to be discovered. Toss up a review, especially if you have nice things to say. Finally, all things apply curiosity, including information on workshops and your free membership to the Tribe of the Curious, go to ApplyCuriosityLab.com. In the meantime, elevate curiosity.